Yo, it's Saved by Parents, host of another motherfucking podcast. And for the first time, I am joined by a multimedia specialist and digital art streamer, my good friend ZW. Welcome to the show. We like put applause in the video right there. Like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I love you. Hey, man, for the viewers at home, give us a little introduction on who ZW is. So ZW is my online moniker, pseudonym, whatever you want to call it. My real name is Zach. Uh, my name is Zach Walthall. My initials are ZW. And so my name is ZW. Uh, it's a lot catchier than Zach Walthall because that is like the most honky shit in the world. So I decided to go with something a little hip and kind of went all in with the ZW stuff. But uh, I'm a multimedia specialist. At least that's what I like to call myself. That's what it says on my business card. Uh, specialize in audio, video, motion graphics, stuff like that. I kind of, I call myself the Zach of all trades. <laughs> Bro, you yeah. know I had to bring the jokes, yeah. <laughs> okay? You know I had to bring them. You had to I'm bring sitting here last old. night, sitting in bed, like, what? Can, how can I make Paris laugh today? <laughs> It's working. The man man gave us his whole government name, too. Bro, Zach don't look Walter. me up, okay? Hey. hey, man, where you from? So, I come from South Arkansas. If my country twang wasn't enough to let you know, a little town called Camden. Um, just your basic, white, mostly white town, uh, pretty much... <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say about it. I come from a community called Harmony Grove, which uh, literally was developed. So when Arkansas desegregated, all the white people got mad and they moved out into the woods and built their own little white people community. And even though there is some a little bit more diversity now, it still is definitely predominantly white. And so that's kind of where I come from. The Bible Belt, Southern Arkansas, the Dirty South. The reason why I ask you this, because um, I know you as a person and where your views align at, and uh, you're, you're more on the liberal side. So the reason why I ask this is, what was your upbringing like living in the South? Uh, so very, very conservative upbringing. My parents are both deeply religious. Um, my father was a pastor for most of my life. We kind of uh, went to whatever church he was working at for a while, and then after that, um, probably around the time that I was 12 or 13, he founded his own church and built it up. Um, and he's since retired from it, but very deeply religious upbringing in the kind of like charismatic movement where, you know, everything was the devil, Pokemon was the devil, Harry Potter was the devil. Uh, there was probably more stuff on the do not watch, like not allowed to watch list than there was on the allowed to watch list. Uh, yeah. I remember there for a while, like three or four years, we only had Christian television. And let me tell you, I have seen some real stinkers of television shows, but none of it compares to Christian television. Let me tell you. Yeah. You just listen so to just Christian very music. deeply religious. Oh, bro. We were only allowed to listen to Christian music. <laughs> I didn't listen to secular music until I like, until I got my first iPod and then I like on the slide downloaded some albums like at a friend's house. So I had like friends whose parents were older or they just didn't care as much, you know, and so they could just do whatever they want. So I'd go over to their 
house and be like, yo, bro, can you give me that uh, Lincoln Park on the down low, bro? Like, bro, you got any you got any Britney Spears or anything that you can hand over to me? And so uh, that I we pretty much listen to Christian music at least like from the time I was born until I turned 18. I did not listen to Christian music or I listened to Christian music for probably like 80 to 90 percent of my life. Boy, that's tough. That's mm, I've heard Christian rap. Yeah, it's, it's not the best. Yeah, there's <laughs> about three songs that play on the Christian radio stations, and I guarantee <laughs> you, I know all of them by heart. Not because I want to, but that I can't even remember like all the important shit. But then all of a sudden, I'm like singing Chris Tomlin in my head. I'm like, dog, get this out of here. I don't want to know more. Wish you had a recycle bin for your head. You know what I'm talking about? Empty that Boy, shit out. <laughs> empty after 30 days. Empty. <laughs> Hey man, how'd you get into art? Um, growing up in a in a household that seems to be very restrictive on, uh, like like you said, Pokemon and, and stuff like that. How did you get into art? So I grew up in the boonies in the woods, um, and I grew up on Highway Seven. So literally, there was no community near us. I didn't have any friends I could like go outside and play with. Uh, we had really cruddy internet. So around the time, like the YouTube age got big, you know, when we were kids, mm-hmm. we couldn't stream video. Uh, and so literally my whole life, all I really did, I mean, we, there were five of us in my family, everybody's fighting for the TV. And more often than not, my little sister, who's the youngest got the TV. And so I just decided that I was not going to watch, uh, like Hannah Montana or shake it up or whatever she was into. And so most of the time I just was back in my room. I read a lot. Um, I read a lot of comics. I read a lot of novels. And so that kind of started getting me into art. Um, there was, and so pretty much all my free time, um, I was either reading or writing or drawing. Uh, there was a store downtown that sold comics for a dollar a pop. And so your boy would walk in there with a $20 bill, bro, <laughs> cleaning house, feeling Man. like a big money bitch, bro, walking in there with walking out with 20 comics. Uh, so mostly a lot of it was I read a bunch of comics and really loved like superhero comics. And so I started drawing my own comics at a very early age and uh, kind of just fell in love with cartoons, my favorite art style is like the American cartoon style and so from a very young age I read a lot of comics I guess I I watched a lot of cartoons too I mean bro I grew up in the era of Rocco's Modern Life Rugrats stuff like that and that really kind of yes they're really good that shit that like teeters on the edge of being like (laughs) adult comedy and children's comedy yeah Mm, that's where it is but yeah I just really loved cartoons, whether I was reading them or watching them. And that made me draw my own. So that's how it so happened. We actually met at Henderson State University. Um, I was an undergrad, you were a graduate. And I want to say we met while working at the Oracle. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, you're correct. Okay. I wasn't and sure we if always, it was in the- We would always meet each other or we'd see each other at the meetings and we didn't even know each other, but we like we both realized that we were kind of honorary, you know, and like we were just started flaming each other, even though we didn't really even know each other, but you flamed me and then I flamed you back and we were both yeah. laughing. And that's, that's my that's black side. You might have a little black in you too. <laughs> hey, you did, give me, you did give me the pass. I never took it, but you gave me the pass. Okay. 
I stay giving the pass. I don't know if I'm allowed to give the pass. <laughs> I can invite to barbecues. Am I allowed to give the pass though? I don't know. I feel like you can give half of it. So you can let them choose whether they want to say the first half or the last half. The first I mean, depending half is on, the best part. Depending on what what form of the word you're using, there are six letters in it, you know? So you got true. three or three. True, true. Um, but yeah, I bring up the Oracle because um, for, for any of uh, the viewers at home, the Oracle was the <laughs> school campus newspaper. And uh, I'm not going to get too much into that but uh the main thing i disliked about the oracle was the lack of art content in the newspaper despite there always being things going on in the art department um i don't know where i was going with that statement but anyway what's your thoughts on college man was it worth it or was it a scam i'm gonna cut that <laughs> uh, before i answer this let you let everybody know that your boy went to the dentist so he's on some hard drugs right now you know trying to recover his little mouth hurt oh my god i think where i was going with that was i was gonna say um like in the oracle lack of art it's like you know people always saying oh art deport you're an artist like you went to college for art like wasn't taken serious so like even in the newspaper it wasn't taken serious i think that's where i was going with that yeah bro welcome welcome to being an artist in general bro (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so I was, let's see, when we met, I was a freelance reporter for the Oracle and they would like pay me per article. And then I went on to have like a bigger position. I was like the web editor and really trying to make a push towards like them going completely online, uh, which didn't work, but we won't talk about that. So my thoughts on college. Uh, so fun fact, I initially went to college for music. I told everybody that I wanted to be a musician and a songwriter and they listened to my hopes and dreams and then they absolutely fucking crushed them by turning right back around and saying that's not a real career sorry you got to find a real career and so I thought that the only way to do music professionally was to be a band director and unfortunately I found out way too late that I'm not about that life Uh, I went and did some observation second semester of my junior year and I realized that if that was my lifelong career, my life would not be very long. Try to say it like I'm trying to say something without actually saying it. You know how it is. Um, So I think that like, in my experience going to college for music, it was kind of a scam. I mean, literally I pay way too much money to go into a career field where you work 60 hours a week for like 25 grand a year, you know, like band directors have to be there every Friday for the football games. They have weekend rehearsals. They have weeknight rehearsals. They have events that they have to go to. They got competitions. And I mean, they're making what the same salary as another teacher who goes home at three o'clock or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying that other teachers don't have duties that they have to do after work hours, but I was just going into a field that was way too oversaturated, paid way too much money and spent way too much time in a field where it would have taken me like years to pay off my student debt. I learned a lot that I would not have learned if I didn't go to music college, but ultimately in the end, I didn't even end up doing it. So I got all this student debt, getting a degree that I don't even use. Bro. But on the... So you went to college for music and after college, your career is mostly in the art area. I went to college for art and afterwards, my career is mostly in the music field. So it's like we both did a complete 
spin, bro. A so I, I, bro. Yeah, so I understand where you're coming from. How, because like to me, college felt like a scam because I went from art and I did nothing with that shit, and I owe a bunch of money for a degree that I don't use. But uh, bro, yeah. represent a hey, <laughs> student debt for a degree that you don't use. I feel you, bro. We're probably in a member of a way bigger club than you think it is. Like I bet there are, are a ton of people that feel the way we do. Um, and I think that college is just way too expensive these days. But on the Absolutely. flip side, after that, so I didn't really know what I was going to do. I switched to a Bachelor of Arts in music instead of getting like a music education degree. I didn't know what I was going to do. So I was talking to one of my professors, Dr. Ashley at Henderson. And he was like, have you ever considered going to grad school? And I was like, uh, no, like never. And I'm not considering it. And he's like, well, you've talked to me before about how you do stuff in Photoshop and you've done video stuff before. He said they have a new media track that just opened. And so it was brand spanking new. I was actually the first graduate from Henderson uh, in that program. And so on that side of things, I felt like it was really useful um, because luckily it was new enough to where I could kind of like bend and mold the track to what I wanted. And so it's mostly geared towards people who want to be like a professor. It's called media and pop culture. So it's geared towards people who want to teach pop culture in the classroom in college. I mean, all really college trains you to do is be pretty much a college professor. Um, and I did not want to do that. I'm kind of like anti-academia right now. And so I was like, I'm not about to teach college. But what I did was I took a bunch of electives that were more based around like creating media. So like I wrote an elevator pitch and did some character design for a cartoon series. Um, I helped at the TV studio and created some shows in collaboration with the Oracle. Shaw edited them, made some motion backgrounds and After Effects, stuff like that. And so I feel like on the flip side, I got a lot out of grad school and it taught, I got access to a bunch of programs that I couldn't have afforded as a student. And so I really dug in and learned those programs. Uh, I got a lot of good experience in the media department because the media department's kind of approach to teaching at Henderson is like, here's the keys to the kingdom, do with them what you will. And for some students, they don't do anything. But for me, I really did a lot. And um, it taught me a lot about time management too. I was going to grad school, I was working a job, I was working two jobs at Henderson, one for the Oracle, one for innovative media department. And I was working a job waiting tables, you know, probably four or five nights a week waiting tables. Uh, and so I really learned like time management and careful planning because I couldn't afford not to, you know. And so those lessons have been really valuable in my work life and uh, both in my professional and my like side gig or personal works. So I feel like that wasn't as much of a scam, but I feel like overall. So here's the verdict. Here's the verdict. College is a scam. It's too much fucking money, bro. Like in and, and our in fields like we work in people don't give a fuck like what degree you have I mean they only care about your portfolio the reason I got the job that I have isn't because I have a media degree it's because when I did that media degree I made a whole bunch of projects and worked on a whole bunch of different things and I was able to take that work and give it to my employers and they realized that I was capable and so ultimately I think that with the rising continued rising prices it is kind of a scam yeah um, if I like flip flopped back and forth, I'm like, yeah. it's a scam, but not quite, but it is, but it's not. But I, but I understand where you're coming from. Cause like, had you not gone to grad school, your verdict would have been 
fuck college basically but you went to grad school and you picked up on a whole lot of shit that that you use today i mean like you told me earlier like you stick to a schedule uh you know you work out at 4 30 you got to keep to that schedule so you you take my time management into consideration and then like um you hit it on the nail when you said <laughs> if you're in the art or music or whatever don't go to college like work on your portfolio because like the day and age that we're in, bro, the internet's at our access. You can learn absolutely anything you want from your chair at home on YouTube, bro. And um, if you're not going to be a lawyer, if you're not going to be a doctor or do anything with business degree, then I feel like personally college is a scam as well. Well, and even then, so I talked about how great college was, how I had access to all these programs, but nobody taught them to me. I mean, I learned all that shit from YouTube. I um, had some well, one of the good things is one of the professors had like a Skillshare or something like that that he let me use while I was in college. So that was good. But even then, it was Skillshare teaching me, not the teacher, yeah. you know. So ultimately, I think we ran into that uh, quite a lot in some of our classes. <laughs> we're not going to name any names, but they know who they are. Absolutely. Um, so growing up in the South, um, you know, you grew up in a strict household, could only watch you know, certain TV shows can only listen to certain music, strong religious views from your parents. Um, and then you're in the South, so strong political views by your neighbors, your friends and, and whatnot. So you going to college, did it have a huge impact on you as a person? And, um, with, you know, you have freedom to do as you please now? So I was already, um, I mean, of course, I grew up very religious and held those beliefs for a long time. And I was already more of like on the liberal side of things, but uh, it, learning, so I was an English minor in undergrad. And so some of the stuff that we had to learn about in um, my English lit classes really kind of like, like, I mean, we had to read about like the church and stuff in the middle ages. We had to read stuff from black writers and learn about the black experience. We had to read stuff, um, I mean, just tons of stuff. We did that in grad school too. Uh, we had a whole unit where we just read stuff from black writers, both stuff um, in the segregational period. And then after um, we read stuff about like the Japanese after Hiroshima, stuff like that. And so I think that being in school really opened my mind, being forced to read stuff that I wouldn't have done otherwise opened my mind to a lot of things. And the further... The more that I learn about the world, the less conservative I am. Um, you call me a liberal earlier, and I'm not a liberal. I'm a leftist, bro. If this is where liberals are, like, bro, I'm even further left. Like, But I, I think it was good in that aspect because, too, so Arkadelphia was not, like, a big town by any means. But at the very least, I mean, when I was going to college, I think that we had, like, two Hispanic people at my school, you know, like our school was mainly, it was mainly white people. And then right after that, it was black people. And then maybe we had like a couple Hispanic people. Um, so at least going to college, I was surrounded by people from different ethnicities. You know, I had never been around Asian people. I had never been around Indian people. And so I met some like students, some, um, international students that really opened my mind to that sort of thing. And so even though Arkadelphia wasn't like a big step up culturally, you know, it was still a step up. And so I, it definitely influenced my worldview and made me um, a leftist really. Like 
I'm not going to get political on here, but I'm, I'm a leftist, okay? Yeah. <laughs> not a liberal, leftist. Not a Democrat. I'm a leftist, okay? Hey, look at it. There's a difference, okay? There's a difference. Absolutely. We're farther, Absolutely. I'm farther left. Um, Democrat, I'm not going to get political. I was Let's gonna not say get Dem- political. Let's I was going to say Democrat is Republican to me. So Pretty much. It's all centrist. And so what I was trying to create the distinction is if this is where all of them are, I'm like way over here. Keep me the fuck away from <laughs> Give me the fuck away from these old white dudes, bro. Man. So with, with music and art, there's stereotypes surrounding it. And uh, you touched on it a little bit, but the main one being money. So being told you won't make money to get a business degree, to be a lawyer, to be a doctor, something that actually makes money. Fuck your dreams. Fuck what you want to do um, as a hobby and get paid for. Um, what is your response to statements like this? And I know you kind of touched on it a little bit already. Uh, my response is that you can make money doing those things. Now, I'm not going to say that you can make a living doing them, but don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't do something. I mean, um, like, the problem is, is that people want to discourage you before you make any money or before you find any success doing it. And I'm kind of of the belief that, like, if you just keep throwing shit at the wall, eventually something's going to stick. And so, I mean, like, like, if you have the dream of being a worldwide superstar, Maybe you'll never achieve that because that's really difficult. Like, and the people who achieve that dream, often they have a lot of money to pay people to make them a superstar. If you don't come from that background, it's very hard. But the thing is, like, I don't think you should let other people discourage you from doing what you want to do just because, because a lot of times those people are coming from a place where they wanted to do something and they weren't able to achieve their dreams. Um, And so, I think that number one, you should think of what your idea of success is. So like my idea or my dream is to support myself as an artist. And so I have a clear, definable goal. Um, And so that's what success means to me. And so I think that's important when we're thinking about careers like that, to think number one, what is our idea of success in this field? Number two, What are the steps we can take to reach it? And number three, you have to think about the fact that it's going to be difficult. Like, I will not lie to you. You will have to work really, really hard. But don't you think you also owe it to yourself to work hard to achieve your dream? You know, I'm kind of of the belief that anything that's worth doing is not easy. And I think that applies to art in general. You know, if you want to be a successful artist, you got to practice your craft. You got to get better at it. And so I say, fuck the noise. Do what you want to do. I mean, hell, you might have to get a job. You might have to get a day job somewhere. But if you have to get a day job, a desk job, working somewhere, retail, whatever, that doesn't stop you from coming home and doing what you want to do. And if you just continue, like my thing is, if you just continue building your portfolio, number one, you're going to get better. And number two, you're going to be closer to achieving that dream. Because like we said earlier, it's all about your portfolio and what you make. So ultimately, just do it. You owe it to yourself to at least try to reach your dreams, you know? You ever thought about being a motivational speaker? <laughs> Bruh, uh, you got just, me inspired, boy. <laughs> Hey, listen, man, it's hard. I do, I try not. So this is kind of a lot of the uh, dialogue that I engage in on my Twitch stream. I try very hard to be like a positive influence on uh, not only just artists, but other people too. You know, like 
I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that it's easy to be a musician or it's easy to be, you know, in charge of a podcast, but like also dog, like if that's your dream and that's what you want to do, do it. Like, do that I mean, and success is different for everybody. Like, I mean, maybe not everybody wants to support themselves being an artist. Maybe they just want to paint and it makes them happy and that's cool too and those people are successful you know like maybe somebody just wants to take photos and feel good and look at them and have them printed around their home that's a successful artist if that's what they want to do that's successful hey man uh i know you do a ton of commissions you want to talk about any of the commissions that you do that you enjoy and maybe that you don't enjoy um well I really like doing like digital art commissions. So um, I've done a lot of gigs where I like draw people's D and D characters and stuff like that. And so it's really cool how they will describe their character to me, like what their personality is like, what they're supposed to look like. And I take those words and make it into a picture. And I think that that's a really cool process of like taking these ideas that these people have in their head and then like making it into like a real person. Well, a a real person. It's like a cartoon rendition, you know, but I just think it's really cool to watch the process of like taking other people's ideas and making it a reality. Um, so I really like doing that. I like doing digital portraits, paintings, stuff like that. But, uh, the one that, the ones that I hate the most, but are the ones that I probably make the most money doing is branding stuff. So, um, these days, anybody can make a Facebook page. Anybody can make a business. Anybody can make a Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Etsy. And so a lot of people need logos. A lot of people need, um, you know, banners for their pages to make them look professional. And so I do that kind of work too, graphic design stuff. It's not my favorite, but I mean, I'm still an artist. Like, like I said earlier, like sometimes you got to do what you got to do in order to, sometimes you got to do the stuff that you don't like to be able to Mm -hmm. do the stuff that you do like. And so for me, graphic design and stuff, it's like, eh, you know, I'm good at it. I make some pretty decent logos, but it's not really my dream. But I mean, uh, does any digital artist or graphic designer actually enjoy graphic? I feel like me, that's what deterred me away from digital art is the graphic design. Aspect. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of people out there that really like it. And that's kind of what the path that they've chosen for their life. Uh, but for me, it's kind of like back to that thing of it's what I got to do to pay the bills, you know, ultimately. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard. Like I said, it's hard out here for artists. Sometimes you got to do shit that you don't want to do to do the shit that you do want to do. So will art for money. (laughs) Exactly, Um, bro. I'm like, I can do anything. You want a video? You want an animation? You want some photos edited? Bro, come to me. Give me money. What has your experience experience been like working with clients? Have you had um, any horror clients, like horror stories, or um, has it been mostly positive? I will say that whenever you work freelance with clients, the good clients are good and the bad clients are really bad. Like the good clients are like 50% good, but the bad clients are like 110% bad. Like, and I mean, 
I would say that like 95% of my client work is fine. Like people are always happy. Uh, tell me I do good work. I get a, I get a lot of good reviews on my Facebook page for my services. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> hey, your boy is vaccinated. Okay. <laughs> Don't put that evil on my family. <laughs> but um, the bad ones are really bad. Like I worked a gig a couple weeks back where I was doing um, a character design and rigging gig for an, um, a commercial, an animated commercial. And no matter what we did, the client was just not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted this character to look this way. So we made him look this way. Well, then she saw it and decided that she didn't like it. So she wanted it changed. So then we changed it. And then she didn't like that. So then she wanted to change again. And so ultimately, uh, we just cut ties. I mean, I have it in my contract that you pay a deposit. And after the first edit, so I send it to them. And if they don't like it, they get a full refund if they want to terminate. But if they've already given me edits, um, and I decided to terminate the contract or they decided to terminate the contract after that, I still keep the deposit because it's in my contract. That's another thing. I don't know if I, I should have said that when I was giving my talk to artists, make a contract and make people sign it. So for little money gigs, like I don't, people I know, little money gigs, I don't make people sign contracts usually because they can turn it around in two days. But if it's like over a hundred dollars, you're signing a contract because you have to pay a deposit to, for my time. So I've had some good ones and the bad ones, I just cancel the contract and keep that deposit money. Yeah. All right. For my artists out there, ZW over here giving free gems, you to make a contract. Make the contract for real, bro. I learned it way too late. Everybody says that. Like you always have everybody. I feel like every freelance artist has an experience where they thought like, I will never not have a contract after this. What do you say to artists who are uh, starting out and and maybe they haven't worked with clients yet? Maybe they don't know what the charge yet. What would you say to um, artists like that? I would say do your research. Um, So when I started out, I did not have the confidence and I did not have the skill level that I have now. So I started charging just $20 for logos. So when I was in college, a lot of times I would be like, okay, well, I need $100 to pay my bills. So I would go on Facebook and I would be like, $20 logos today, get them them done right now. And so... um, I was, it was really cheap, but now that I'm, you know, a professional, I've got a really stacked portfolio, I raised it. And so, um, my advice to you is, first of all, make sure you build your portfolio, do some stuff for free, but I'm not saying do it for somebody else for free, go online, get some inspiration somewhere and just make some fake logos, make like 10 fake logos just to show people that you can make them. And then that will help you get more clients. Um, and you know, your price doesn't have to be static, you know, like I started out charging less and then as I got more confident, I would charge more and more and more. And so you're not going to find a whole lot of people who want to pay you like a hundred dollars for a logo when you've only done one logo for somebody. But, um, I mean, after you've got the experience under your belt, you can charge and people will pay for it. Like, I mean, I don't always, I don't get every gig. Every time somebody approaches me, I don't have like a 100% success rate, but I would rather get one $100 client than have to work five $20 clients. And so 
I'm, I mean, this is kind of at the end of the road though. You know, I'm, I'm, I didn't start off charging this much, but what my suggestion is, is that do some fake stuff, uh, but put some real work into it and then just start out charging what you think is fair. But as you start doing more work or as you start getting more clients under your belt, start raising your prices, bro. Because like, I mean, ultimately, if you're doing client work, you're doing it for the money. And the money is what matters. I mean, it's nice to get those good reviews on Facebook. It's nice to have people share your stuff, but I can't pay my bills with your Facebook like. I can't pay my bills with your story share on Instagram. So I guess my advice will break it down. One, do fake logos in the beginning to stack your portfolio. That's what you do in college anyway. Yeah, Literally, that's what I did in college is try to stack my portfolio as much as possible. And number two, start off at where you think is fair and I get more experience, raise it. I mean, this isn't like Walmart where the price is pretty much the same every time you go in. If somebody comes back to you and says, well, you charged $20 six months ago, uh, you'd be like, okay, well. Bitch, that was six months ago. Yeah, like that's not the price now. Like you can either pay what I, you can pay my rate or you can move on. And and I guess number three is don't negotiate with people. There will always be more clients out there. You can use websites to find them. You can use social media to find them. But um, if somebody's not going to, if you've calculated your worth and somebody's not going to pay what you're worth, move on. There will be another client. There are 7 billion people in the world. You know, there will always be another client. And nobody's important enough to not take yourself seriously, you know? Know your worth. And um, in past experience for me, I feel like if I charged low, they thought they were going to get a shitty job. But if I charged high, then they was like, okay, this guy is, is about it. So I don't know if you've had that experience with you, you know, charging $20 for logos and they're like, oh, it's $20, it's probably not even going to be, and then you give them this fucking masterpiece, boom, now you got a client. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and ultimately, you'll make more money from return clients than a bunch of one-offs. So, I mean, charge a bunch, but give them a good product and they might end up coming back for more. I mean, I'm working with a client right now that I've done like five or six jobs for at this point. So, Free gems, y'all. Free gems. Free gems, hopefully, bro. Um, so what do you aim to say with your personal artwork aside from the commissions? Stuff that you do that you want to do because that's what you want to do. So I really struggled when I was thinking about this question about the message of my artwork. Um, and I don't know if my art has as much of a message as like I have an artist statement and I have like principles that I try to push. Um, and so I think that one thing that I try to say with my art is I try to be more inclusive. So, um, I, like I said earlier, I came from a mostly homogenous area. Everybody was white, everybody was Christian. Um, and so a lot when I was younger, my art reflected that. Um, and it wasn't like, a you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm only going to draw white people, you know, like it wasn't like a decision, but like when you look around and everybody else around you is white, um, that's just kind of your worldview, you know, and that's how you see the world. And so one of the things I've been really working towards, especially in 2021, it's one of my, um, 
one of my resolutions is I want to be more inclusive with my art. I want to feature people of different ethnicities. Uh, we recently had a stream where I focus on drawing people of color just because, like I said, all I drew was white people for a long time. And so people of color, depending on what ethnicity it is, uh, they have different features and it's really easy, especially for white people to mess that up and make it into caricatures or something like that. And so um, I really wanted to practice like it was uh, in the stream that we did, it was black women. And we ended up doing a, like a bigger piece of like a black woman, like a cartoon black woman. And so one of my goals, I believe in inclusivity in media. I believe that the way to eliminate a lot of this, like racism, homophobia, transphobia, stuff like that is just inclusion. You know, if kids grow up seeing art with black people in it, even if they haven't seen a black person in real life, I feel like they will be more accustomed to it or stuff like that. I just believe that like representation matters. And so that's one of my big things that I try to do is try to at least try to feature some other cultures, other kinds of people that aren't, you know, the cisgender white hetero male. Uh, and another thing that I really try to promote, and this is another thing that I don't promote in my art, but I just try to tell people that like, just to keep making stuff. So I've been making a lot of things for social media mostly. And the problem with social media is that it's quantity over quality. So you have to always be like cranking shit out, like always. But it's given me a really unique outlook on things because I don't really have a whole lot of time to sit around and like correct things or edit things because we got to just keep moving on to the next one. And so while I do believe in the power of editing, especially if you're doing something like a bigger piece, it's also made me realize that like we spend way too long looking back at our mistakes and saying like, oh man, I didn't like how this body looks. I didn't, I messed up on the face on this one. Um, but it's kind of switched my view around to where I'm like, you know, I didn't like the face on this last piece that I drew. So for the next one that I draw, I'm going to give special attention to the face so that this one turns out better. And so one thing that I try to push really hard is not to get discouraged by the mistakes that you made, but to just keep moving on. Because being shitty at something is the first step to getting good. You can't be good at something without being shitty. Uh, Bob Ross said that talent is just anything that you practice, you can get good at. And so I really take that with me. And that's part of my artist statement is to encourage people just to keep making things. Because if you want to be good at something, you have to suck at it first. Um, and a lot of people get discouraged when they're not automatically good because they see the end result. You know, they listen to a Save by Paris uh, single and they hear like all this, like all these fire bars and lyrics but they didn't hear what he was rapping on the bus in the eighth grade, you know, like, man, man. and they won't ever hear that. Either. And they won't ever hear it. But that's what I'm saying. You know, we're on a journey with, we think that there's a destination and there's like an end point to the journey, but in all reality, we're just on a never ending path and the path goes up, you know, we get better and better, but there's no one, there's no one point that you're going to stop and be like, this is it. This is as good as I'll ever be. But if you're at the bottom of the hill and you stop walking up the hill, you're not going to get any better. You're not going to move on. And so one thing, 
I try to tell people, especially on my stream, just make stuff. Just keep making it. Even if it sucks, move on to the next one. You know, if you think you can edit it, sure, go back and make some changes or something. But just keep moving forward always. Don't look back. And I mean, I guess it is healthy to go back sometimes and see where you've come from and how far you've walked up how far you've walked down the path, but there's no reason to dwell on that. Always move on, just keep moving forward because that's the only way to get better. You don't, you don't see artists listening to a song they made three or four years ago and saying, okay, let me re-record this and and fix (laughs) this and that. Like, no, fuck that shit. Leave that shit in the past. Remember it, but But it's the only way to get good. So many people try something once and they suck and they get discouraged because they're not good at it, you know, like, but ultimately those people that you look up to, they were exactly where you were at one point and you're, you're not seeing what their art and stuff looked like when they were at that point, you're seeing them like way further down the path than you are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I mean, one thing that I try to put forth with my art and my stream and stuff is to tell people it doesn't matter what you're doing, just keep doing it because ultimately that's the only way to get better. If SpongeBob had never tried to get out of rock bottom, would he have ever left rock bottom and returned to bikini bottom? Well, you know, I love my SpongeBob references. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, you're an artist during COVID-19. We're in a pandemic. What's that like? Honestly, and this might not be the take that you were looking for, but my art business has really thrived during COVID-19. Um, 2020 was the first year that I really, so I graduated in 2019 from college, December 2019. And so when 2020 came around, um, at first I moved to the city And I was saying, okay, now I'm going to be a musician. I'm finally going to live my dreams of being a musician. Well, then COVID happened and all the bars closed, all the venues closed, stuff like that. And so I just decided to pivot. I said, you know, I've been doing, I'm doing this media stuff professionally at my job. And I I want to draw stuff and do things like that. Um, And that's just going to be my primary focus. So I went all in on the multimedia stuff. Um, start. I bought myself a drawing tablet for my birthday, started learning Pro, uh, Procreate on the iPad. It's the program that I draw with and just went all in and started really trying to advertise myself and rep myself and build my portfolio. And honestly, I've experienced I, I think that we talked about this like on Facebook at one point. I've made more money in the year and a half that I've done digital art like professionally and really tried it then I made doing like music for six or seven years like I've already made so much more money with that I mean money doesn't equate success but like I'm trying to take I'm trying to make myself what I want to do my main gig and so ultimately I got to go with what the money where the money is yeah but um with that being said are you uh do you still consider yourself a musical artist do you still make music or is it kind of taking a back So I used to want to lead a music group and like be in charge and stuff. And I would be open to being a part of a musical group. I mean, I love to sing. I love to play the piano. I would be open to being a front man or even a background guy, whatever somebody needs. But I don't want to be in charge anymore. If somebody came to me and was like, hey, I got a band and we got all these songs written and you just have to learn them and show up and I'm doing everything else. I would be like, 
but I come from a background or in my experience, I've had to do everything. You know, I wrote the songs, uh, I recorded everything. I produced everything. I recorded videos, edit videos together. I would, you know, schedule rehearsals. I would, you know, write down everything that we're rehearsing that day. And so ultimately that was just a lot of effort. And so I've taken all of that energy and kind of put it into my art business now. But I think I will say I do enjoy the videos where you combine both your music and your art or your multimedia, you know, um, you've, you've made some around Christmas time about Santa Claus, I believe, or something like you, you know happy about, holidays. Right? Yes. Yeah. Happy. Ho- I, I enjoy when you use your voice for that shit. Cause that shit, Hey, that's that shit that go viral. <laughs> yeah. And I love doing stuff like that too. Um, I, one of the best things about being a musician and being like a multimedia expert is that like, I don't have to look for copyrighted music. I mean, if I need something, I can just whip it up in the, in the stew, you know, you know how we do. Whip that shit. (laughs) Speaking of which, we still got that uh, single that I never dropped, but we go. Bro, yeah, drop it. I'm ready. I'm ready. But, um. I mean, during COVID-19, I've experienced growth in my artistic career like I've never seen before. And if I continue to grow this way, then I'm looking at turning this probably into my main gig within like two or three years. So I know that a lot of people are affected by COVID-19 and there are aspects of my life that were really heavily affected by COVID-19. But luckily, um, being inside and being on my computer all the time has really helped my art career because... It's literally all I can do. Like, yeah, it was. It's funny because you know, there's there's some people who are affected by it in terms of like if you're an, a music artist, now you can't go to venues, now you can't go to concerts. Artists make most of their money from ticket sales and merch. It's not from their their music. So in that aspect, it's crazy how also while COVID affected this group, this group is thriving, and you're in that group, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in that group that we don't hear about, we always hear about the negative aspect of, of COVID, but the positive is you've been able to stay home. You've been able to, like you said, get be on your computer and just grind, grind, grind. And knowing you in college and when you first started making art versus now, like the process is there. Like, are you going to make me cry? You're going to make me cry on the motherfucking podcast. I'll be stumbling over my words, but uh, the we'll work is there. Blame it on the dentist medication. <laughs> but I uh, think so though. I think the reason that you don't hear a lot about that is because I mean, a lot of us are empathetic. Like, I don't want to sit here and brag about you know, like, oh, I've made so much money or I've done all these right. gigs when I know other people are suffering. So while I do like have avenues or people that I can talk to where I can brag about myself for that thing. I'm also not trying to like, I mean, I say that after I just bragged on myself, but, but I mean, also yeah. like I'm empathetic. But it can to motivate people, people also. Yeah. I'm, but I'm really, I'm empathetic to people who were affected too. And so I'm not trying to like, you know, show my hand and like show out on social media or anything, right. but, but I mean, I, my bi- business is good. So Business is booming. <laughs> Promoting your work as an artist. Talk to us about the things that works, the things that don't, and your preferred methods. Okay, well, this is the one where I am the least skilled. So, uh, no, you're, bro, no, your TikTok game is top notch, bro. 
Bro, I mean, I can make this stuff for TikTok, but I can't make the people like it. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I mean, one thing that I'm good at is I'm very, I'm a personable person. So I'm very good at talking to people. Hopefully everybody who's watching right now understands that. Hopefully they get that vibe. And so Hopefully I'm really good. Hopefully they go with- check you out on Twitch now. Yeah, bro. Check me out on Twitch, ZWF, ZW everywhere, pretty much. I went all in on that shit. Uh, it, but so I would say that self-promotion is very, very integral, especially on like in the internet age. Um, there are, a, I mean, there is in, in an inconceivable amount of people on the internet and everybody's got some sort of motive. And a lot of them are like us, like artists just trying to get their work out there. And so it's cool because now you're able to share your work, uh, like, like artists 10 years ago couldn't even conceive. But the problem with that too is like, now you're just one voice in an endless sea of voices. And so, um, I just always try to share my work. Whenever I do client work, I try to update my website fairly regularly. Uh, I keep on top of my social media because one thing that I have noticed is even though I'm like not blowing up or going viral on social media, if you, if I keep posting graphics that I've done or I post videos that I've done, stuff like that, and people see my name often enough, uh, even if they don't like or comment or whatever, um, I'm creating like kind of like a Pavlovian response in their mind. So they see me post all these graphics or they see me post a digital portrait, stuff like that. Whenever they have to do have something like that done, all of a sudden in their head, they're like, Zach does that. I've seen that on Zach's social media before. And so they reach out to me. So a lot of times, a lot of my gigs, I have gotten them just because of my personal work that I post on social media. You know, I, Art is also my hobby. I love animating stuff. I love drawing, painting, stuff like that. And so it really works well because I make a whole bunch of personal stuff just for fun. And then that in turn gets me gigs. So I would say an online presence in this day and age is absolutely necessary. You have to always be trying to come up with new content or something. And um, I would say just like being confident. So people ask me, can you do this? I say, yes, bro. Even if I don't know hundred percent how to do it. I mean, in this day and age, you can look, so you can find tutorials for things. I mean, I had a gig last week where a guy asked me if I could do a certain animation and I didn't know how to do it. And I looked it up on YouTube and I did it. And so like, I mean, I'm not saying that I completely copied the tutorial. I had to do fine tuning and stuff like that. But like you had to add the ZW spin on it. Yeah, bro. Throw a little W in there. Um, but it's just being confident in yourself and your abilities, I think. And that's like the biggest aspect of self-promotion is saying like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And I can do it like up to your standards. Like, I mean, I always write that I do good. I, on a lot of my social media, I write, I do good work fast or something like something around those, whenever I post logos and stuff like that. And so I think that when it comes to self-promotion, you really need to know your strengths And you really, really, really need to let other people know your strengths, you know, and whether that is writing about it or posting, you know, stuff that you've done logo wise, but ultimately with self-promotion too, I think just doing the thing that you want to do. So if you, if your passion is graphic design, 
make a whole bunch of fake shit. Like it doesn't have, you don't have to be doing gigs to make stuff, you know, just come up. Like a lot of times when I'm painting things, if I can come up with an idea, I go to art prompt generator. So go to the art prompt generator. It'll give you an object and you just make a fake brand around that and make like a little branding package for that brand, you know? Um, and if you keep doing stuff like that, then eventually you're not going to have to do fake shit because people will be paying you to do it. So I think that a lot of self-promotion, there's like active self-promotion where you go in and you say, hello, I am CW and I can do this and that and that and that. But there's also like passive self-promotion where you make sure that you're constantly making things like what you want to make professionally. And I think that both of them are kind of important. Consistency is key. Uh, if you want to grow, if you want to evolve, you got to have, like you said, a social media presence. If uh, you make a song, speaking from from my my end, if you make a song and then you make a fucking pause for a year, two years, no one ever hears your music again, and then you drop it again, it's like you're starting over. You weren't being consistent, and so now you have to start over to build that audience. Same well, with art. And that's... I mean, and it's the same way. That's why where a lot of musicians get it wrong with social media is that they only post when their song is dropping. So if you've got some huge project that you're working on, you need to be posting about the process working up to it. You need to make advertisements telling people, hey, by the way, a week from now we're dropping. Well, you probably need to do it further back. Like a month from now we're dropping yeah. this. And then, you know, you drop one. Two weeks from now we're dropping this. A week from now. And so... um, it is all about consistency. And so some things that I have learned in maintaining a social media presence is that um, you just need to sit down and decide, I'm going to post on these days at these times. And you just need to make sure that you have a steady stream of content. I mean, whether that's two days a week or one day Mm -hmm. a week, I just think that you need to make sure that you post something every day that you decide to at the time you decide to. And I mean, nobody says that you have to stick with that exact schedule, you know, like you might get some insights in and realize that you're posting stuff on Monday at noon, but your user base is most active on Wednesday at 5 PM. Well, then that means you need to shift your plan and start posting it Wednesday at 5 PM. So, I mean, you still have to like figure things out, but as far as self-promotion goes, just start doing it and figure it out as you go along. I mean, Basically, I dip my toes in the water, and if something doesn't work, then I don't do it. Like, I mean, I've put together some longer-form animations, and they get, like, three views and no likes on something that I spent a month, you know, drawing, planning out, animating. And then I will make a drawing that takes, you know, two hours, and then all of a sudden I get, like, 50 likes on it. So it's all about... Uh, the thing about self-promotion is you just got to do it. And when you do it, you'll find out what works for you and your audience. Do that shit. (laughs) Do that. Do more shit. That's my mantra. Do more shit. What made you get into Twitch streaming? Um, Which I've been in one of your streams, just one. I hope to get in more, but it was fucking lit up in that bitch. So um, if, if that was a good night too, we had a lot of people chatting. So I enjoyed that stream. Um, I, there's very few streams that I, I enjoy, and I enjoyed that one. But yes, bro, you about to make me cry, cry on the motherfucking podcast, bro. Um, well, about Twitch streaming. So I took a class in college, and I saw how all these people are able to like basically create communities around themselves, and then they um, 
they end up like their job is being in charge of this community. I mean, a lot of times when you're, when you watch a streamer, you're not watching it or in my experience watching a streamer, I don't watch it for the video game. I watch it for the person, you know, like, um, my friend Layton, uh, let's see, what's his name? Yoshi Brother 17, repping him. He's a streamer, and I don't watch it to see the game. You know, a lot of times he's playing a game that I've already played before, have no interest in playing. But what I do is I go in to interact with him. And so I thought that that was really cool. I've been looking for more ways to monetize my art. So the problem with gigging and doing freelance is that it's never steady money it's always like you know you get one hundred dollar gig and then you have to wait two weeks then you get an eighty dollar gig then you wait two weeks and so i'm trying to find a way to make my art business sustainable and so i just decided that i would try and start a twitch and i mean i'm not expecting to make any money on it anytime soon but i'm hoping that maybe one day you know i cut cut some of it down for TikTok. I cut it down for YouTube. And so I've got a whole bunch of avenues where, cause I mostly just want to be a content creator. And so the Twitch stream, I have this, I developed a pipeline, which I really love. So I draw the stuff on the Twitch stream. So that's the big, the big piece. Then we cut it down for YouTube and then we cut it down multiple times for TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that. And then we can also take the drawings that we make on stream and also post that to Instagram. So it's this good pipeline. I thought about it for a long time before I started streaming, trying to develop the method for it. I'm a big, I'm a planner. Like I'm like a pre, I told my girlfriend, I'm the pre-production nerd. Um, and so I definitely, there was a lot of planning that went into it, but also, I mean, bro, your boy is just trying to make some money. So if there, there's Twitch is like a billion dollar industry now. And if I can get in a little bit of that Jeff Bezos money, bro, I'm taking it. But also on the other hand, um, it's kind of like, so that's the like selfish reason that I did Twitch. And then like the unselfish reason that I did Twitch, it's just because like, I have so many things as an artist that nobody ever told me. So like the idea, I told you I grew up in a deeply religious background. Um, and so I thought that like God gave you a gift for something. And so basically you can't ever exceed what God gives you. So you're just, if God makes you a good rapper, you're just a good rapper. And, you know, he might've made like, I don't know, somebody else a better rapper than you, but, you know, and so I thought like you couldn't, you couldn't move up or down from where you were. You were born Yeah, exactly. But now that I've gotten older, I realize that it all has to do with practice and it all has to do with determination, dedication, stuff like that. And so also I wanted to create a community uh, centered around somebody that says that kind of stuff. You know, you were talking earlier about being a motivational speaker and I was to, uh, saying that I do this stuff on my Twitch stream because I just really believe that there aren't enough encouraging people out there for young artists or just uh, people in general. You know, there's a lot of negativity on the internet these days. And so I'm trying to essentially, uh, to borrow from Gandhi, I'm trying to be the change that I want to see in the world. I want to see a positive community uh, all based around people who uplift each other or have you know speak encouragingly to each other i just started a discord you know and we all share memes and stuff have a good time and so i just wanted to be that change and try to create a community that uplifts each other and encourages each other i always tell everybody you know like we said earlier if you don't like what you make just make something else you know keep pushing it and i 
nobody ever told me that kind of stuff. And so I want to be the person who tells other people that stuff. So that's like my altruistic goal. You know, we got the, on one hand, we got that. I'm trying to make some fucking bank. And then on the other hand, like, I just want to encourage people to do what they love. You know, a lot of things I say don't only apply to art. It applies to anything. You know, if you like something and you keep doing it, you're going to get better. And so I I just do that shit. Do that shit, bro. We need a shirt. Do that shit. Well, (laughs) good thing we have a uh, good thing we have a designer on the Zoom call. So what's up? Yeah, you right. You went to art college. (laughs) Yeah, I'm paying for it. Hey man, it's 2021, and I know you talked about this earlier, but uh, just to uh, reiterate, it's still a pandemic going on. But what is your goal for this year? So my goal is to be more inclusive with my art. That's number one. Uh, my goal is to better monetize my art, which I've done by I've been doing more gigs. Um, I've started the Twitch stream, started the YouTube channel, started posting clips on TikTok. I'm getting stickers made of my work. So we're trying to monetize the art better. Uh, number three, be an encouraging voice to people who don't, who either don't hear it or, you know, really need it or whatever. And number four, bro, I'm just trying to be happy. You know, I'm trying to do what I love, trying to do what I want to do. And I'm trying to be happy and healthy while doing it. So I think those are my my main goals, inclusivity, encouragement, monetization, and happiness. And those are great goals to have, man. I appreciate you coming through, chopping it up with your boy, allowing me the opportunity to highlight you and your work. Hey, oh, before I'm we get about so, it- Hey, I'm so blessed, dog. <laughs> this has been such a pleasure talking with you, man. I'm happy to help. Hey, thank you for supporting me and my dream, and I'm trying to help support you and yours, too. Mad hey, respect man, for you, dog. I, man, chill out. I'm going to make you cry, cry on a yeah, motherfucking podcast. On my own podcast. I'm going <laughs> to cut it if I do. <laughs> cut that shit. Uh, but before we get up out of here, man, where can the people find you on social media? So uh, my main point of attack is Instagram. That's kind of where most of my content goes. So you can find me at ZW, but I also stream on Twitch every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time, twitch.tv slash ZW. We can just, you can just like put the rolling, like a laundry list of like all my links. ZW on TikTok, ZW on Facebook, ZW on YouTube. We drop a new video every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Time. Uh, New content on Instagram and TikTok, Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon Central Time. Bro, we got a whole content creation pipeline. So, Pretty much any social media, look up ZW. And if there's somebody on there, Z-E-E-D-U-B-Y-A-H, it's probably me. If if most of the stuff on there is purple, it's probably me. <laughs> hey, uh, well, if you're listening on the YouTube version, I will put all of ZW's links now on the video and in the description box since you did give me that idea to put it on the video. Y'all be sure to show ZW's- like rolling list. That goes across. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I, Watch. I stop talking, but the links keep going. Like <laughs> y'all, be sure to show ZW some love. And if you're an artist needing some cover art or a logo, or if you anyone needing some cover art or a logo, hit them up. I am saved by Paris. Until next time, we out, gang shit. <laughs> gang shit. I I really like gang shit. <laughs> oh man. Hey, 
If you made it to the end of the podcast and you're in dire need of more content, then head on over to Saved by Paris on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or brush up on some of the base content over at the Base While We Skate channel on YouTube or on SoundCloud. As always, have a great day and see you next week. Peace.